What is your picture when you hear the word holiness? Does it scare you? Do you picture someone staunch, stern, staring at you in a condemning way? Think about that while the intro plays, and I'm going to be back. And we are going to talk about the next line in the Lord's Prayer, Hallowed be thy name. Welcome to Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates the power of prayer. You will be inspired, equipped, and find strength for every battle you face. Hello, hello, and welcome to Storming the Gates, the podcast that celebrates the power of prayer. And I am your host, Joni Scott. Okay, so we've been going through the Lord's Prayer. We've done Our Father, Who Art in Heaven, talking about heaven. And now we're talking about hallowed be thy name, or as some translations will word it, holy is thy name. Now, is this a petition asking God to cause his name to be set apart as holy? In a way, yes. But as I meditated upon this, I, I realized it is a declaration. It's a statement of praise and wonder. God is holy. He's to be revered, respected, exalted. Jesus teaches us to begin our prayer by thinking about who the Father is. And of all the Father's wonderful characteristics, Jesus chooses holy to explain him. The Father's holiness sort of covers a lot of other aspects of him as well. And yet, when we hear God is holy, we may be a bit taken aback. It can make God seem distant, sober, shrewd, maybe even condescending, because holiness is so far beyond any human's reach. We've been raised and we live in a fallen world full of sin and decay. We struggle, we suffer. We feel weighted down by the demands of life and by um, a weak physical body. It's difficult to understand holiness. R.C. Sproul, who authored the book, The Holiness of God, said it this way, the holiness of God is traumatic, to an unholy people. This is why the term often invokes a picture of severity. It is all that makes sense in our fallen world. And then, like Adam and Eve, who saw their sin next to God's perfection, we may want to run and hide. The very thing we need most is more of God's holiness, but we flee it because of its power to reveal the truth about ourselves. So consider this. If holiness means perfection, which it does, perfect is not lording it over others in a demeaning way. The holiness of God is light and joyful, courageous and kind. And when we implore the Father to make his name holy, it means we want this old troubled world to view him as he really is. So he is fearfully holy, yes, but he is also delightfully holy, dance-worthy holy, love-worthy holy, Wow, you are better than Jeff, peanut butter, and a day at the beach holy. And for us to see God's holiness that way, we need to know God. We need to know who he is and what his name stands for. And that's what we're going to talk more about. One definition for hallowed in the Strong's Concordance is to purify internally by renewing of the soul. This means that we are separating ourselves from unintentional prejudices about who or what God is and letting the truth of who he is based on God's word 
permeate our very soul until we see him as he is and therefore can worship and pray to him in truth. You know, in the news recently, people have been so angry and upset with the church because of a Supreme Court ruling. They scream and destroy because to them, God and his people are hardened, unrelenting, and unfeeling. Therefore, they rage against heaven and God's people, I think. And I want to say to email me if you feel like this is off base, but I'm thinking they rage because they do not see themselves as capable of something that to them is an impossible standard. Not have sex before marriage, never lie, never drink, never gossip. Who does that? And it's the very fact that we're aware of our own unholiness, that God's holiness seems a high wall too high to scale. You see, the holiness of God seems unattainable. So rather than hallow his name, people rage against it. And honestly, my heart longs to somehow show them that God is not the brutal dictator they imagine him to be. Before I became a follower of Jesus, I was a runawayer from Jesus. I grew up in a church with a Christian mom in an old-fashioned denominational church. I even went to a religious school. I tried my best to live up to what I read and what I was taught from the Bible, but I was a miserable failure at it. I didn't want to be mean, but I was mean. I didn't want to disobey my parents, but I did. I didn't want to break my promises, but I did. So you get the picture. I gave up. It was impossible to follow the Bible. I felt helpless. And this preteen mind concluded, if the Bible presented an impossibly holy standard, the Bible must be wrong. And then, much like the protesters of today, I became hateful and even cruel to those who espoused Christianity. It took many years and many more failures for me to finally bend the knee and receive salvation. And when I did, I realized this holy standard was, well, impossible. That was the whole point. I'd actually had it right all along. I could not achieve perfection as long as I dwelled in a fleshly body in a sinful world. And that is why Jesus came, duh. He came to call the sinners, not the righteous to repentance. Oh, and by the way, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Then our Holy Father places his Holy Spirit in us. Whoa. And now we see the world through a new lens. For instance, I greatly uh, disclaimed weak and impoverished people. My friends had to look and act a certain way, and all others need not apply. But when God's Holy Spirit came in, I suddenly began to love the poor and destitute, the homeless, the sick, the weak, smelly people, and I enjoyed being with them. And that is what holiness is. It loves, it cares, it has mercy, it seeks the lost, it finds a way to rescue, and it befriends the outcast. Holiness even delights in restoring the outcast, which I can also testify about. And all of this reminds me of a situation going on right now in our family. My son and his El Salvadorian girlfriend were adopted by one of the many street dogs roaming El Salvadorian streets. They fell in love with a sweet little girl dog. 
They gave her a home. They gave her a name, Marcia, and took her to a vet to heal her wounds. And they poured love on the little creature. When it came time for my son, Luke, to come back to the States, they worked hard to find someone who would care for Marcia as they did. And they thought they had. Unfortunately, it turned out the ones who were caring for her let her run off again with other street dogs. And now she's probably impregnated. And my poor son and his girlfriend are heartbroken. They called and they found someone to pick her up. But here's what was interesting to me. They're planning to deal with all of those unexpected uh, puppies that are going to come along because of this and take care of them as well as her. Now, Marcia, as they call her, was an outcast alone and wandering the streets with other strays. Yet they brought her in, made sure she was cared for. And even when she returned to street dogways, they readjusted in a way that will be best for her and her puppies. And this is like God's holy love for us. He took us in. He adopts us into his family. He's sad when we crawl under the fence, but welcomes us back again and sees that our mistakes are set aright. And yes, holiness does have a stern side. It is unrelenting with sin, but it is equally unrelenting with compassion. And who wants a God who is not holy? Aren't you glad we can rest in the fact that God never fails? never makes a mistake, never says, oops. That's why we can trust him with all that we are. When we say, hallowed be thy name, we are saying, God, in the midst of our pain, we remember you, that you are holy and perfect. What you do is never wrong. Just and true are your ways. As we declare him as holy, we remove any blame we may be tempted to place on God and choose to trust in his holiness. That is always the beginning of connecting with heaven, trust. Knowing God's holy is what enables us to trust him. Now, let's look at some of God's other names in the Bible. um, And remember that all of these names fall under the banner of holiness. In fact, the first one we're going to look at is Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is my banner. Because the Father is holy, he is the one who goes ahead of us. He leads the way. He gives us a tribe to be a part of. He gives us hope and a focus. We follow his banner and we find our way in an often dark and confusing world. The Father has a destiny mapped out for you. He made you for a purpose. And because he is holy, his plans for you are also holy. They are perfect for you. Do you see what I'm saying? All of God's characteristics fall under this banner of holiness. Next name, Jehovah Rapha. The Lord who heals you. Oh, that holy God of ours. He's chosen to meet us in our physical and emotional pain and bring a touch of heaven when we're in distress. That is what holiness does. It stoops to help, bless, and to restore to perfection that which is broken. Is your body broken? Is your soul broken? The Holy One desires to restore you today. Next name, Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. In his holiness, God the Father also looks after the needs of his children. He does not abandon us to the elements when we are lost. He sends help. He will get us through the gas prices. He's going to get us through food shortages. Those are nothing to him. He's holy. He's all-powerful and easily takes care of his kids, just as he did in the book of Exodus when he sent manna in the morning and quail in the evening. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. The Holy One also brings peace. He is not in heaven, wringing his hands, pulling his hair out. He is at perfect peace and has a perfect plan. 
He may grieve at hardships, just as Jesus wept at Lazarus' tomb, but he is working to perfect all that concerns you. His holiness enables him to be secure in his decisions. He's at peace because he can make a promise and he knows he will keep it and nothing is too difficult for him. Jehovah Ra, the Lord is our shepherd. And I love this one. He is a holy shepherd of his people. When David was a shepherd boy, he rescued his sheep from a lion and a bear. That is what a good shepherd does. The father is more than a good shepherd. He is a holy shepherd. If he calls us the sheep of his pasture, he is watching out for our well-being, leading us, removing ticks from our wool, watching out for predators and rescuing us. Because he is holy, we will never fail. Uh, He will never fail us as a shepherd. He's constantly watching, constantly aware, constantly caring for us. He never slumbers or sleeps. He lets us rest while he stands guard day and night without fail, even for a second, because he's holy. One last name of God, Jehovah Mekodeshkem. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, obviously, but it means the Lord who sanctifies you. Isn't this beautiful? The one who is holy sets us apart and makes us holy. We are incapable on our own of becoming holy. So God imparts his holiness to us. First, he calls us his holy people, even while we still grapple with sin. And secondly, he purifies us as we grow in him. He has set us apart as his holy people. The Father's holiness permeates all he is. But I must also add, there is that element of holiness that should produce a holy fear in us. This past winter, a friend's hidden iniquity was revealed through a prophetic word. Although the sin had taken place years before, this person had chosen to cover it up and try to forget about it. People around her were kind of suspected that she had succumbed to a certain sin, They were willing to forgive her, and yet she denied it. But in time, God brought it all to light. And that was very painful for her, and it was also painful for everyone who was involved. But God showed up, and the brightness of his holiness shone into the shadows to reveal something that was hidden in a dark corner. Things that are hidden in dark corners go bad, and they make people sick all around, even though they might not even know what is causing them to be sick. And we can be spiritually sick when there is a hidden sin or that we think is hidden. You know, after this was revealed through this prophetic word, I found myself walking in fear and trembling of a holy God because surely he does see all. He does know all. And he is not going to hold us guiltless when we refuse to confess and repent. So much so that when I was like at church the following Sunday, I just wanted to like yell and warn everyone to repent if there's any hidden sin or or just sins that you're used to living with. Examine yourself. We don't consider the ramifications of the things that we hold on to. And that is the holiness that can make us run from God. But it's the holiness that can set us free. The creatures around the throne yell, holy, 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 not because someone pulled a string on their back and they simply repeat the phrase, or I should say for nowadays, push a button. No, they look at God and they can hardly stand the piercing, brilliant perfection. There's no shadow of turning with him. 
they fall down in astonishment, screaming, holy, holy, holy. And then, like those addicted to thrill of a roller coaster, they sort of look up again to see what they could hardly believe before, that God is utterly holy and there is not a flaw to be found in all his majestic glory. And they fall again, crying out from the depths, holy, holy, holy. And not one holy, but holy to the third degree. Not just a nice guy, but pure beyond anything we can even glimpse in this fallen world. And that is why the Father stayed in heaven and sent his Son in the form of a human being to earth. Us pitiful, dust-carved humans would be incinerated by his holy presence. Moses' face glowed for days after merely seeing the Father's backside. And yet, God is so holy that he reached down to the weakness of man and made a way for humankind to become flawless through forgiveness, through belief in his son, Jesus, who took the punishment for our not holy selves on himself on the cross. When Jesus taught us to say, hallowed be thy name, or holy is your name, he was telling us to remember all that the Father is. There's a song I really love by Brian Hampton called There is Only One. And there's a line in there that should be our heart cry. It says, what do the elders see that makes them want to fall down? And what do the angels see that makes them cry holy? We have to know what makes them cry holy. So open our eyes to see the wonders of your majesty, to join in the song that all of heaven sings. Don't you love that thought? That when we reflect on the holiness of the Father, we are joining with the song that all of heaven is singing, a song of wonder and awe at the incredible glowing perfection of God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Well, let's pray a prayer of thanks. Lord, we just give you glory because you are holy. You are perfect. And even though perfection is so far from us, yet it's amazing that you in your perfection and holiness would reach down to us and find a way to come to us and draw us into your presence. Lord, thank you for the kindness of your holiness. Thank you for the brilliance of your holiness. Lord, we just honor you for who you are, for what you are. And uh, and we look forward to seeing you in all your holy perfection one day in heaven. Amen. Alrighty. Um, so I do have some prayer cards in this month's newsletter, and they are reflections on holiness. So you can go to link below to the link tree account and sign up for that newsletter. I'm going to get those uh, that newsletter out very soon. And instead of prayer cards so much, they are just reflecting on verses that talk about how holy God is. And then on the back, you know, once you print them out, you can write on the back of the cards, maybe a reflection you have yourself about holiness or prayer about holiness or whatever you want. These are your cards to use. Put them on your refrigerator and just meditate on the holiness of God. Let him reveal himself to you. All right. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your summer as I will be doing as well. Thank you once again for listening to Storming the Gates. Be sure to visit our website at stormingthegates.net. 
While there, sign up for the newsletter and you'll receive free prayer cards and a Bible study for each episode. Check the show notes for links to items mentioned in today's show. We'll see you here again for the next episode of Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates the power of prayer. 